1: This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network.
3: Sharp Money presented by DraftKings. It's VSIN Super Week. We welcome you in. We're thrilled to be here with you. It's going to be a great week. Again, we just had Willie Ramirez, who. Has been there since the 70s. Apparently the first byline was in 87, but you get the point. He's been covering Las Vegas for a long time. So what we're going to try to do is each show kind of merge old Vegas with new Vegas. And then you've got the 49ers lane two and the Kansas City Chiefs. We're also going to bring on friends. And we happen to have one coming up here in Aaron Halterman, who is a professional handicapper. He literally built the business off of horse racing handicapping and now has gotten into a bunch of other sports. But he's a huge Kansas City Chief. Chiefs fans. So, what we're going to try to do is go specific with Chiefs fans and 49ers fans as we welcome you back. I'm Patrick Maher, of course, Amal Shaw, Dustin Sweetelson, and the aforementioned Aaron Halterman, racingdudes.com. These are my mentors when it comes to horse racing betting, and they kill it. Halterman's great on the ice, he's great with football, but he's not such a great friend. And I'd like to start there. You know, I don't know how to say this, but I've been having a hard time since the Lions blew a 17-point second-half lead up in Sam, Santa Clara. And, of course, Mike Samich tweeted, check on your Lions friends. He didn't. I didn't get a text. And you, who I've known longer than Samich, and I consider a friend before a colleague, I was waiting, I gave it 48 hours, and then I decided you're dead to me. Welcome to the show. I understand. I
4: understand. I get it. I understand. Now, to be fair, when Oklahoma lost Oklahoma State, I I didn't hear from you either. So maybe maybe we aren't that close.
3: I don't know. I don't know. Wait, Hold on them all. Oklahoma, Oklahoma State for a team that's never been to the Super Bowl in 93 years. Has Aaron lost his mind?
5: Uh, Also, to be honest with you, Patrick was probably more stunned that you guys lost Bedlam than anything.
3: So he was actually befuddled by that reaction for them losing. That's fair. That's fair. Aaron, Mr. Venables, I think it's going to be a long few years. So you will hear from me in the future when you continue when Boomer Sooner continues to lose. Fair enough.
4: That's fair. That's fair. And look, I, I am, I apologize. going to be live on the air. Apologizing. Also, I think the last time I talked to you, I was making fun of you for betting the Pistons. So I, I really am <laughs> <kind> <laughs> of <the> dirt,
3: honestly, <laughs> but that, but that actually says we are friends because friends True. troll each other for horrific bets. And that's the day that remember boys, we all were in on the Pistons. Who were they playing that night? Utah. They were hosting the jazz. Was it Utah? Yep. They were hosting Utah. They had lost 20-something in a row. And Alterman just wrote LOL or something. He was just clowning me. Now, do you feel as a Chiefs fan, and Aaron's a legit Chiefs fan, do you feel the number with the 49ers lane is disrespectful?
4: No. No, I do not. Uh, I'm not one of those guys that felt it with the Bills and with the Ravens either. I think you look at the regular season, and, and that's what it should have been. I thought the lines were right. I feel this line is right based on what's happened uh, this season. I I will tell you guys this. I'm way optimistic about this game. So optimistic that it almost, like, bothers me. I I just (laughs) feel like it sets up too well for Kansas City to win this game, almost to the point where it's like they're totally losing this thing now. But, guys, like, when they went to Buffalo, I was like, yeah, this is 50-50. I had no doubts when they went to Baltimore. None. Knew they were going to win that game. I kind of have that feeling again with this one. So it's almost an uneasy feeling at this point. So so you're saying you're
5: completely confident in the position and going up against this 49ers team despite a Super Bowl revenge opportunity for San Francisco.
4: Absolutely. Yeah, I really am, guys. I mean, when you look at what the Chiefs have done the last two weeks, having to go on the road, you know, beating a pretty good Buffalo team, beating a decent, you know, Ravens, well, really a really good Ravens team all year that played. Pathetic in that game, let's be honest. But when you look at the 49ers, guys, I was super high on the 49ers when the playoffs started. I thought they'd be my Super Bowl pick. They were my preseason Super Bowl pick, but guys, the Packers, man, they they probably should have beat them. And the Lions and Patrick, you know this. They really should have beat them. And so oh, I yeah. look at that and I look at how they've defended the run and just kind of the weird situations they've been at at home in games that should have really not been that tough for them. This makes me think, man, I don't know that they're that good. I don't know if they're playing that well. And again, it's a team at the beginning of the season. I bet them to win the Super Bowl, but I really don't think they can beat the
3: Chiefs if the Chiefs play uh, the type of game they've been playing the last couple of weeks. I'm going to say this, boys. I think what Aaron said, Dustin and Amal, tell me if you agree. I totally agree with his assertion that the hump was going to Buffalo. Nasty weather, Buffalo with the revenge opportunity after years of going to Kansas City. That one would have scared me more, Dustin, than certainly going to Baltimore or even the
6: 49ers, who I think in a big spot tend to tighten up. Well, there was only one knock against this Kansas City team coming into this year, and that Patrick Mahomes has never had to play on the road he's had the benefit of buys and this year had to do it the hard way going on the road there was no buy and of all places they had to go to buffalo and went away with walked away with a win so i completely agree about that
5: i, I think you make a fair point um you know look as great of a regular season as baltimore had and it's easy to give this statement in hindsight but when you look at them guys The narrative on Lamar is correct. He's a regular season player, hasn't been able to deliver in the postseason. He's one and four. Nobody wants to call him out on it. But that's just the reality of it. At some point in time, the best and worst thing about sports is you're you're judged in a very small sample size. And that's the playoffs. Right or wrong, at the end of the day, that's why Brady's the GOAT. And that's why Mahomes is trying to chase him because of what he's been able to do in the postseason. I mean, think about this. Patrick Mahomes is already number three in playoff wins for a quarterback behind only Brady and Joe Montana.
3: Yeah, and he, you have, Aaron, you've got a ton of bets, so I want to make sure we get to all of them. But before we do, contextualize as a Chiefs fan, Patrick Mahomes. He's entered the GOAT conversation. What does he mean to a Chiefs fan? Uh,
4: everything. Like, do you guys remember the quarterbacks the Chiefs have had ever since, like, Joe Montana when we got Brody like, Croyle? to the end of his career? <laughs> what, what about <laughs> Bill Kenny and the Todd Blackledge days? <laughs> uh, yeah, right. I mean, When you think about the trash that has been in Kansas city now, save Alex Smith. I thought he did a great job. He was who he was type of guy. I was a fan of his, obviously he's a, he was fine, but he's not Mahomes. I mean, this is what the Chiefs franchise has never had. And honestly, guys look, I'm a big Mahomes fan. I I think he's fantastic, but you just look at the numbers. Forget about my fandom. Look at the numbers. Look at the wins. Look at last year. Like the guy's playing on one leg. He just guts it out and goes out there and wins games. Really good leader. I mean, He's everything every NFL franchise wants. And kind of the scary thing to me, guys, I thought he played very well against the Dolphins. I thought he played very well against the Bills. Last week, he didn't do all that much, and they still won. And I think that was the big key. It's like they kind of played a game last week where they were ready to get beat, and it kind of almost felt like they were going to, but the Ravens couldn't take advantage. I think they'll play better in the Super Bowl than they did last week. Again, if they do, I just feel like as much as the regular season doesn't really tell the story, I just think they're a little bit better than the 49ers if they come out and play a better game than they did last week.
5: Patrick, Aaron, here's my only objection to taking Kansas City. Right now, the San Francisco 49ers feel like the bubonic plague. I can't see one person willing to jump onto this bandwagon. Every single person (laughs) is like, you got to take Mahomes. And I think it goes back to the point that, Aaron, when do you get Mahomes in a plus-money price situation? It's so infrequent. And I think, what was his number going into Baltimore? Nine and one, I think, or one and one against the spread as an underdog. And then you look at Andy Reid's track record when given two weeks to prepare, Kyle Shanahan's teams, and you said it when you came on. You could make the argument if Jordan Love doesn't make one bad throw, or if Dan uh, Campbell takes a field goal in the third quarter. We're not even talking about the 49ers right now.
4: Hundred percent, we wouldn't be. Yep. And Dan Campbell's situation—I don't want to get into it, Patrick. I know it's 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 hurtful. But PTSD.
3: Too soon. It,
4: look, like the Jordan Love thing—it's like you try to make play, you try not to. He played a decent game. It's like yeah, it happens. The Lions thing—they blew it. Right. I mean, the Packers well, situation, it's like they probably could have won. The Lions should have
3: won. And so that's you, you brought up the like. Lions. You brought up the Lions, Aaron. And all I can think about is that crown royal over your left shoulder. I need that right now. OK, <laughs> let's get to your plays, <laughs> Pacheco. Yeah, so look, and oh, I, Pacheco I already, and Mahomes, you're going over rush yards. I'm going to give you the yards over at DraftKings right now. Sixty six and a half on Pacheco. Mahomes, twenty six and a half.
4: I just look at what the San Francisco 49ers have done with the Lions and with the Packers. You know, both their running backs, key running backs have went over that number big time. I think Pacheco, you think about the Chiefs, you think about Mahomes and a lot of passing. They've been ground and pound a lot this season. So I am most excited about the Pacheco over. That'll be my best bet. And yeah, the Mahomes thing in big games, he's usually scrambling, making plays. So I've got him going over that total as well.
5: You've got both. Sorry, go ahead, Patrick. Go ahead, Amal. No, I was just going to say, I like this one. you got each team to score one touchdown in each half at plus 125. So very specific distinction here.
4: More of kind of a price play. I didn't think that should pay plus 125. Uh, it, it's it's one of those things. I do think there'll be a touchdown in each half for these, uh, these two teams. Uh, it's not like my Pacheco play that I'm really strong on, but it, you just look at that and go, Man, logically, that should happen. The 49ers, McCaffrey's going to break a few runs. I really believe that. And again, I think the Chiefs are not going to have any trouble scoring in this game either. And When you look at the 49ers' defensive efforts, they haven't been very good. So that one, to me, the price was too good. It made too much
3: sense. First touchdown on the board, your boy Pacheco. Okay, so a little ladder here, 6-1. to one.
4: More just a heat check. You know, it's like, I think he's going to have a big game. I think they're really going to rely on the running game. And again, lo- most people are talking about Mahomes and everything's going to happen there. I think they're going to run that football. I think they've seen what happened the last two weeks. So, yeah, why not get him? Plus, I mean, at plus at 600. I don't really think you can go wrong with that one.
3: And then finally, we talked about potentially the 49ers getting tight. Just got about 30 seconds. First turnover committed. You go plus money, plus 105 on San Francisco.
4: Guys, it could be the the PSD of uh, of watching uh Brock Purdy at Iowa State, but I got to think he's throwing an interception or two. So I thought it was a good price at plus 105. I think the Chiefs will take care of the ball. I just the the
3: clock's got to strike midnight at Purdy at some at some point, guys. It just has to. Well, listen. Now that football's going to be over, sadly, We've got you on the ice. We've got Get Sharp on the college basketball. You'll be joining us much more frequently. He's Aaron Halterman, RacingDudes.com, at Racing underscore Dudes. Thank you, friend. You're welcome. Thank you. (laughs) I'm going to rub it in.
1: We're back. This is VEASAN Super Week. Keep listening for analysis from some of the sharpest bettors in Vegas. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on Vsin, the Sports Betting
3: Network. Okay, with Omaha Steaks, you'll fall in love at first bite with their tender steaks, juicy burgers, air-chilled chicken and more. You're going to love every bite. It's Omaha Steaks guarantee. And for a limited time, when you go to omahasteaks.com/vsin, you will get four free air-chilled boneless chicken breast and four free rich, juicy pon- boneless pork chops with your order. A minimum purchase may apply. But again, it's omahastakes.com slash vsin, V S I N. It is, and we're excited to be here as it's vsin super week. Six days out from Super Bowl 58. I'm Patrick Maher. We welcome you back at a huge week of shows. We've got Evan Washburn coming up in about 12 minutes. He's going to be on the call, on the sideline for the Super Bowl there. CBS has the call this year. Omal Shaw, Dustin Sweetelson. I'm Patrick Maher. So, again, boots on the ground with the, with the big guy and them all there in Vegas. We've got you covered. Merging kind of the old school as we get closer and closer midweek into Thursday and Friday. Uh, we've got plenty. Samich will join on Friday. We've got Spritzer, who can give us a history lesson. He's been there for thirty plus years in Vegas, professional better on Wednesday. So it's normal, but we're going to add a couple of wrinkles and surprises. Now, what day officially, Dustin, is media day? To- uh, tomorrow, right? Is it tomorrow night or Wednesday? I thought it was tomorrow. That sounds about right. Is it tomorrow? Okay, so maybe, yeah. One thing I wanted to note, because we're going to get to Spagnolo and we're going to get to Travis Kelsey. Uh, I did want to note, so I'm sure you guys know this, but the Kansas City Chiefs, they were designated to practice at UNLV. And the Chiefs, excuse me, the 49ers were designated to practice at UNLV, and the Chiefs are at the Raiders practice facility. So kind of a leg up for the Chiefs because that has turf, and it has grass, and it's a pristine, brand-new, billion-dollar... It's awesome out there in Henderson the 49ers apparently I'm sure you guys saw it but they're displeased with the soft field and so they're trying to come up with other ways or where they should be practicing apparently I don't know if you guys are hearing anything more but the 49ers are bitter about the field they're practicing
5: yeah they said it's nothing that would jeopardize the safety of any of the players but I think this field is a little bit soft or almost like squishy when you're sitting there running and planting so this would be something to pay attention to if it impacts their ability to practice at all and you know what a perfect time Patrick if you're Kansas City to be at the raiders facility because it's you know, the indoor practice facility uh we've got rain here the expected monday tuesday wednesday so
6: all these things could be a little bit of a factor and of course the game being in a dome uh an update media day is actually tonight this year it's on oh. opening night festivity 6 p.m eastern at allegiant stadium will you be attending i don't You're
3: believe I, in there will you be attending? No, no no i was not invited well you can go as a fan for 30 dollars like you could I probably said,
6: get a press pass if you wanted to go. No, I, I, my badge does not allow me in there. For some, I'm, I'm not welcome. They told me I'm not is this, welcome. Is this a woe is me Dustin segment? I, no What's I would going ne- on? I would, I would never go to this event. <laughs> oh, it sounds okay, there's too many people to elbow. There's
3: too many peeps to elbow for the bigot. Now, let's get to – so Brock Purdy, you guys brought him up a little bit earlier. And Spagnolo, while it didn't work out as a head coach, of course, he was – The defensive mastermind of the two wins for the Giants over the Patriots. He's been the coordinator there with the Chiefs for a while. And he had something to say, Dustin, you want to set it up here about the 49er quarterback?
6: Yeah, also, I saw this uh, making the rounds on Twitter. Spagnuolo's won three Super Bowls, as you said. One is a giant coordinator, two is with the Chiefs. Only coordinator in NFL history to win a Super Bowl with two different franchises as coordinator. Isn't that crazy? Oh, wow. no, Beautiful. Never would have thought that. No. So uh, he was asked about taking on Brock Purdy, who's been given the moniker of a game manager. But Spag says, not so fast, my friend.
5: Yeah, <clears throat> all they got to do is
3: put the tape on, Adam, in my opinion. Um, we had some crossover film during the course of the year. But when you dive into it and you watch him, you don't, this quarter, it's not a quarterback that's managing or all those tabs that they put on. This is, he's for real. Um, Makes all the throws really really smart and then what I what I didn't know because you know I don't watch I'm not seeing enough of it is how athletic he is I mean this is another quarterback that when you cover everything back there and he finds a lane and a pass rush line can take off he did it last week he's done it in every playoff game and gets positive yards. that puts a lot of strain on us defensively thoroughly 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 impressed with with him okay and that was you know in reaction to obviously purdy was so good with his legs and decisive spots against the lions and frankly against the packers as well by the way what did uh, spagnolo have for lunch did he eat long island (laughs) that dude sounds i mean it's boston could he he sound more new york no it's boston oh is it boston yeah yeah. it's all trifling yeah yeah. (laughs) no offense Uh, do you think so, he gets
5: an opportunity? No. Not this year. Never next year again. No chance. Never again. Hold on, guys. No why do you, why do you guys again. automatically shut the door? I mean, look at the success he no has chance. had. Nope. <laughs> he, he, a million Super Bowls as defensive I, I coordinator. I agree. I
3: know. I totally respect what you're saying. I think from a leadership perspective, he's kind of thought of as a If life was fair, I'm, yes, no, he would Trust get me, I don't subscribe to life is fair theory, but I'm, <laughs> I just,
5: you know, okay, so if he doesn't end up getting an opportunity... With Spagnola, Andy Reid, and Mahomes. This dynasty, if you don't like the Chiefs, I I love watching (laughs) Mahomes play. I love watching him. I think he's worth the price of admission. Get used to him. They're not going anywhere for another five to seven years.
3: He's 64 and I'm not saying his 3 years with St. Louis went poorly. <laughs> However, he went 1 and 15 in year 1, 7 and 9 in year 2, and 2 and 14 in year 3 before he was let go. You, so 10 and 38
6: as the head coach of the St. Louis Rams. You know what his greatest accomplishment know. was? I think he played a pivotal role in getting the Rams moved to Los Angeles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, by the way, 1 and 15 and 7 and 9, that was the Dallas Cowboys before they started to the ascend. Take away yeah, that two
5: had, and 14 a
3: one in 15 year and two in 14. That's kind of hard to do. <laughs> <laughs> and then, you know what the Rams said? <laughs> the Rams were like, we'll fix this. Get Jeff Fisher on the phone. <laughs> That'll do it. Um, OK, now Travis Kelsey is I actually I you can't feel bad for somebody because he chose who he's dating. But I would imagine media night tonight will have nothing to do with football. And the attention from the Grammys last night and, of course, Taylor Swift will be at the top of everybody's mind. But we do have Kelsey talking a little foot here, football here, big guy.
6: Yeah, you know, in November, the Chiefs kind of hit a little bit of a rut, losing to, the, losing to Philly. Then they lost to Green Bay in early December, lost to Buffalo. And things didn't look right for them, eventually losing to the Raiders as well. So how did they get out of it? Travis Kelsey was asked. Here's what he said the key was.
7: Coach Reed, just challenging every single person in this building to up the ante just one more step. And just keep taking it up a notch every every uh, every week from here on out, and uh, that's why we love the big guy. You know, it, it's never you never fall astray from that kind of mentality, uh, no matter how many losses you have, no matter how close the games are, and you're just not finishing them. Um, Coach Reed does a great job of rechanneling that mind, not that mindset every single week and presenting a challenge uh, against the defense or the offense or just the team that we're going against um, in the in the near future. And uh, I mean, this week, no better time than to challenge everybody in that building he's got he's got everybody fired up
3: yeah he is uh he's certainly popped travis kelsey over the last couple of weeks i didn't see it coming that game against baltimore he was you could tell there was extra motivation he was extra I mean, he was extra, just extra because he was fighting in between every play, just totally dialed in. You know, what was impressive to me is you look at the, I always look at the targets compared to the receptions.
5: And when you're one for, I mean, excuse me, 100%, 11 for 11, he was in that game, 11 targets, 11 receptions. That is very impressive. And I know Mahomes made some great throws, but Kelsey made some fantastic plays. And this will be another fun matchup, though, when you look at Drew Greenlaw and you look at Fred Warner and their ability to cover uh, tight ends, this should be another interesting matchup between.
3: Kelsey and these two guys if he wins this now he's going to the Hall of Fame yeah if he wins the Super Bowl does he want to go through another offseason does he want to go through another grind he obviously has broadcasting aspirations he's 34 years old any thoughts I don't think he walks
5: away just yet the run is too good this team is too good there's like when you sit there and you look around at certain teams and you go they better get it now because you could see the end is near they look like they're somewhere in the middle of the tunnel and you don't see daylight yet for this thing to end for Kansas City.
6: Yeah, I think he's I think he is close to walking away, but I do think if they win, he comes back maybe for one more. Well, they that the first, be, and that would be the end. The first three Pete, right. And then you walk out on top on your own terms. Certainly would be on a pitch
3: count for much of the regular season next year.
5: Well, that's fine because, look, we know with Mahomes, and I don't know why I was dumb enough to doubt him in Buffalo or in Baltimore. It doesn't make a difference where the game is. Yes, it's an advantage if it's at Arrowhead with their fan base. But at the end of the day, they just have the best player and the best coach. And Patrick said it. I think Andy Reid is eventually – I don't know if Belichick's going to get an opportunity in 25. But Andy Reid's eventually, if
3: he sticks around long enough, become the all-time winningest coach in the history of the National Football League. Belichick did get hired by the way Steve, Steve yeah. his son is going to be running the defense at Washington so we did have a Belichick hired today why are you laughing big guy I mean it's true that was just a good okey doke by you good Monday oh, that was like Barry Sanders <laughs> breaking Rod Woodson's leg the oh and Luke Getze is going to run the offense for the Raiders is that confirmed yes I believe it is which is okay. just a
6: riveting hire
3: Okay, it's VSIN Super Week here on VSIN, of course. Evan Washburn is next.
1: This is VSIN Super Week. Keep listening for analysis from some of the sharpest bettors in Vegas. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network.
3: Okay, it's VEASAN Super Week, and you can become a VEASAN Pro. Get an annual subscription right now for $1.99. Set it and forget it for a year. Daily best bets, betting splits, big game betting guide. The promo code is SHARP. Make sure you use it over at VEASAN.com slash subscribe. Become a VEASAN Pro. Okay, we got you back here. We're going to have Evan Washburn, who is going to be there on the sideline with CBS, as we welcome you back. VEASAN Super Week. We, this is Sharp Money. We're presented by DraftKings. I'm Patrick Maher. I'm Sharp. Dustin Sweetelson. So Evan's going to join us coming up in just about 12 minutes. Looking forward to the conversation uh, we have. And Dustin, you put together some research as far as the coaches. I did want to start here. You told me this morning you made your first Super Bowl bet already.
6: Now, it's not going to be the side or the total, but you get out in front of a number. And which one was that? I have one. And it's because of this research Uh, I'll give this one away, and there's another one I could use some help with because I have to do some shopping out there, uh, much like Evan Washburn's doing right now. Uh, the, The bet I ended up coming with was Harrison Butker over one and a half field goals. I think when we look at these teams coming off what happened with Dan Campbell a week ago, they understand points are a premium. No one's walking away from points. And when I looked at how teams have done who have lost the Super Bowl, and I like the Niners, as I've pointed out, the last four super bowls the losing team has kicked at least two field goals in each one harrison butker with three when the chiefs lost to the buccaneers so i ended up betting butker over one and a half also the chiefs 19th this season when it came to converting touchdowns in the red zone in all of the nfl I think because of that, because they can't trust the receivers, things could get bogged down and they're not going to walk away from opportunities to kick. Why? They also have the edge in the kicking game. Why not utilize it? Because they're definitely better with Butcher than San Francisco is with Moody. I think Dustin makes some excellent points on why it's going to go over
5: one and a half. I like that as well. My score prediction for our VEASAN guide, I had Kansas City kicking two field goals, but a couple other things to keep in mind. Remember, we're in a dome. Weather's not going to be a factor. It's not going to impede any ability to kick. You're going to be comfortable. He's got a cannon of a leg. And then also, remember, the Chiefs play here once a year. So there's a little bit of familiarity kicking in this particular field. I think that helps out. And I thought Dustin made a really good point, Patrick, which is last week, foregoing those field goal opportunities, I don't think somebody's going to be Uh, that as as ballsy or excuse me as bold as dan campbell was last week
3: yeah, I mean, he's automatic. The big-time kicking advantage with the rookie on the other side, 33 of 35 in the regular season for Bucker. Went 4 of 4 in mid-January against the Dolphins. And the one that stands out to me, and it points back to what you said about the red tr- red zone issues this year, the Chiefs, uh, Dustin, that six field goal game against yep. Cincinnati. So you just got to get to two with Bucker. I do like it.
6: Yeah, uh, and I. by the way, I've literally never been a field goal prop in my entire life. It just absolutely jumped out to me as soon as I started looking at things.
3: Welcome to the party with Harrison Butker, big guy. <laughs> got what
6: some, else? Got some other stuff I want to show you. So, wanted to see how these two coaches handle Super Bowls. We have a sample size of two with Kyle Shanahan, four including the Eagles versus Pats uh, with Andy Reid. So, I wanted to see when it comes to scoring. How are these teams punching it in? Uh, in the Falcons-Patriots Super Bowl, we all know the 28-3 story. But the guys finding the end zone, we had Devontae Freeman start things off for Atlanta. Shanahan was the O.C. Tevin Coleman caught one. And then the tight end Austin Hooper came through with another. Went back to the 49ers Chiefs Super Bowl. First touchdown of the game was by the Chiefs. And it was a run by Patrick Mahomes. San Francisco's first touchdown, Kyle Juszczyk on a reception. Fullback. Raheem <laughs> Mostert scored the other San Francisco touchdown. I'm like, hmm, we got a lot of running to score in these games when you include Mahomes. All right, let's go back Chiefs-Eagles. A year ago, Isaiah Pacheco ran one in. The two guys who caught touchdown passes for the Chiefs, they're not going to play, probably. Kadarius, Tony, and Sky Moore. They haven't played since December. Nick Bolton had a 36-yard fumble return for a touchdown. You can't account for that. But Travis Kelsey did catch a receiving yard uh, touchdown. However, Jalen Hurts scored the first touchdown in the game on a rush. Okay. Well, that's a lot of rushes. Feels like that's the vibe. Went back to Chiefs-Bucks. They didn't score. That's how I came with the Butker uh, play that I just gave out because Butker had three field goals in that that game. Go back to Chiefs-Niners. First score of the game, Patrick Mahomes rushing touchdown. Kelsey did catch one, but then Damian Williams scored two in the fourth quarter. All this data led me to the point where you look at Kyle Shanahan in five Super Bowls, four five five Super Bowl touchdowns in the games he's coached in four touchdowns by running backs two rushes two receptions in the red zone they are not going to let their quarterback screw things up they're going to keep things short when they throw it to the running backs as Tevin Coleman caught a a touchdown pass Kyle Juszczyk caught one and they're going to run the ball Uh, zero field goals for Atlanta two for Kansas City I think there's a lot of limiting risks here for these teams with the moment being so big. There's a pucker factor to these Super Bowls. So I believe the first score of the game is going to be a rushing score. Now, DraftKings has the best option, guys. DraftKings has the option, and we can't bet it out here. First touchdown of the game rushing, plus 125. I think that's a great bet. I can't find yeah, it. It's innate. I, I love that breakdown because it's innate in the
3: Shanahan It's in his bones to run the ball. Like, that's what his dad did. That's what he does. And even you mentioned Juszczyk catching a touchdown pass. Like, the Shanahan's just utilize the running back so well in the passing game as well, but he's going to run the ball. I don't know if he's completely, again, we're just trying to get into his head and project a little bit. I don't know if he's completely trusting Purdy right now, but he does trust his ability to
6: dial up schematically runs, even with all that pre-snap motion. That's what they do. And then Kansas City on the other side, there's way more running with Andy Reid's history than you would anticipate. I mentioned Mahomes ran one in one of the Super Bowls, but he has running backs scoring five touchdowns in four games uh running back scored in every single super bowl he's played in outside of the one where they didn't score a touchdown against tampa bay i'm looking around circa here has an option where i have to bet two two bets san francisco rushing touchdown his first score of the game plus 530 kansas city plus 925 do the math and they could walk out really nice it up uh I saw another book has it where I can bet on a running back to score the first touchdown of the game at plus 130. I don't like that. I think the plus 125 on DK is awesome because you can include Purdy and Mahomes in rushing uh, touchdowns, whereas if I bet this other one at the book in town, I'll have to go running back plus 130 plus quarterback 10 to 1. I need to find a book that has first rushing touchdown around that plus 125 price that DK has, and I'm hammering it. I think that's the play. The first score of the game is going to be a rushing touchdown. I mean, we could all envision Mahomes Pacheco running it in. We can envision a world where anyone on San Francisco runs it in, including Debo Samuel.
5: Well, I think one of the other things that strengthens that argument is you get a PI in the end zone it's first and go at the one yard line you got a great opportunity quarterback yeah. sneak a variety of different options cmc whomever it may be
3: hey boy, no, tremendous hey boys before we get to washburn i i don't know if you saw this but something just popped up and it reminded me We're, there's going to be so much speculation as we head to the draft did you see caleb williams as soon as cliff kingsbury was hired <laughs> with the commanders he went to social And he was like, congrats, dog. And he had a picture of Kingsbury in a commander's pullover. Why is that a big deal? Because we obviously heard, I don't know if it's rumor, but there's certainly speculation that he doesn't want to play in Chicago. Chicago's sitting with the number one overall pick. The commanders, who he gave a shout out to, are sitting with the number two overall pick. I'm just saying, it's going to get really interesting as we get closer to the draft here.
5: Well, look, the Bears have that first spot and they're going to end up. Ta- I think they're going to end up taking him. And, you know, guys threaten to hold out, but he's not John Elway.
6: The New York Yankees aren't coming a calling. He'll be in Chicago. Uh, Eli Manning pulled it off. Eli Manning said, I ain't going to San Diego. Someone else can go waste their career there. Uh, I think Caleb Williams absolutely is is going to pull something like that. I don't think he wants any part of what he's seen in Chicago. His guys in the nation's capital, they have the number two pick. Let's make it easy. Make it happen. He will be a rock star in D.C. Can you blame I him? I will though? say
3: the thing. I, I agree I agree that he would prefer go to Washington. What's interesting about the Kingsbury connection, and Kingsbury's worked with Case Keenum, Patrick Mahomes, Baker. Um, Manziel, Baker, Uh, Caleb Williams. But the Caleb Williams one, that is legitimately just Lincoln Riley's
6: offense. Right? Yeah. And also, like, yeah, he didn't develop him. (laughs) He showed up. And honestly, he had a worse year than he did the year before.
3: Yeah, I mean it's a relationship. It, it, it there it's always concerted. Social media specifically with somebody that's 22, 21 years old. There's never just a random, "Hey, I have this commander tweet ready to go. Congrats, dog." He probably doesn't even care about Cliff Kingsbury. There it's always concerted that Is my point. So, it'll be interesting. You think he did say the, the
6: Photoshop least. job himself? You think he was taking that
3: class? Well, I was USC? wondering that. I'm like, dude, did you like literally fire up your Mac and <laughs> <laughs> figure, did you like draw it in Color? there on your tablet? Because it looked good. It was <laughs> well done. Uh, I know Chicago Bears fans, and we know a bunch of them, they want Caleb. So. The Fields Caleb thing will start to get interesting as well. But anyway, they haven't had a quarterback
6: mention. in my lifetime. Maybe your guys, too.
5: I, I was thinking, who's the best Bears quarterback in my lifetime? It's probably Jim McMahon. Jay Cutler.
3: <laughs> Shout out to Jay Cutler. Rex Grossman. Rex went to a Super Bowl. It's not bad. Okay, we are going to have Evan Washburn next. It's Visan Super
1: Week here on Sharp Money. This is Visan Super Week. Keep listening for analysis from some of the sharpest bettors in Vegas. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick
0: And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network.
3: Looking for a super offer for Super Bowl 58? DraftKings Sportsbook has you covered. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the code VSIN. V-S-I-N. New customers can bet five bucks to get 200 instantly and bonus bets only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 58 with the code VSIN. DraftKings, the crown is yours. We welcome you back. VSIN Super Week here. Sharp Money presented by DraftKings. I'm All Shaw, Dustin Sweetelson. I'm Patrick Maher, Evan Washburn, of course, great NFL on CBS sideline reporter is going to be on the Super Bowl 58 call. We welcome in Evan. And just out of curiosity for us that don't know how it works logistically, Evan, be curious what the rest of your week looks like. When's the travel? How much (laughs) goes into it? It's
7: a lot. Hey, fellas. Yeah, I know it is. I'm here. I got here yesterday. You're already there. Uh, I'll be here. I'll be here all week. So it, they kind of spread out what would, uh, be necessary for, for a Sunday broadcast over the course of four or five days. And, and obviously everything's magnified. So there's a few more meetings, a few more rehearsals and, and then some other things on top of that. So it's, uh, it's a busy ish week, but it can be a long week, but I'm excited for it.
5: Evan, I'm going to go backwards a little bit because you live in the uh, Beltway area. What is the vibe? What, what was the vibe like after the Ravens lost to Kansas City and the narrative with Harbaugh
7: and uh, Lamar Jackson in the area? Yeah, vibes were down, as you would imagine. I mean, I, I haven't, and I've lived there for 10 plus years, seen the level of excitement that there was for that game on Sunday. And then to to have it go the way it did, where they didn't just lose, but they lost playing their worst game of the season. When it comes to Harbaugh and and Lamar, I think there's disappointment from the fan base and how the staff performed and and obviously how the players performed. But there wasn't, it isn't a situation where, based off of that game, there's this feeling that sweeping change needs to be made. It's just more how did this happen in this game? And, And again, some frustration from the fan base.
3: Evan Washburn, NFL on CBS. Of course, CBS with the call of Super Bowl 58. Evan will be there. I have to ask you because I don't think I've ever seen you trip over a word or look nervous at all. There's going to be, I don't know, record amounts of people watching the Super Bowl from all over the world. Does it ever make you nervous at all?
7: Oh, 100%. I get, I get nervous every time I do something. I think if you don't, then you don't care. So I think it's a... It's a delicate balance. I like to use the word excitement as opposed to nervous because nervous kind of has a negative connotation. So yeah, there's the the excitement and the the nerves and the feeling, you know, in your stomach. And then the coolest thing about this game, having done it now three times, so this will be the fourth Super Bowl. Once you get through all the pageantry of the pregame and you get through your first hit and. There's this awesome moment of the anthem that we all get to experience. And then the flashbulbs, the kickoff, it's honestly a normal football game. And in some ways it's less intense than even what we experienced last Sunday because of the environment in the stadium. You got two fan bases and then a lot of, uh, I would say, corporate fans, too. So it's just a different type of event. But absolutely, you're going to have some nerves.
5: Evan, you've had an opportunity to see the Chiefs in person. What has it been about this team defensively that has really catapulted them and stood out from your perspective why they've been so good? And let's be real here, to a certain extent, carried this offense at times.
7: No doubt. They're the reason they're in this game. And I think it starts with Brett Beach and the front office and the way they've drafted, the moves they've made in the offseason to build out that defense around chris jones and i think the personnel is is fantastic outside of jones there's not necessarily a-listers but man they're deep and they're talented in every level and then it all surrounds what steve spagnolo has been able to do and look he's been there for a while he's a former head coach people know who he is but this is his his masterpiece this year and what he's been able to build with this group and confusing some of the most productive offenses and that's the game within the game sunday is Kyle Shanahan, kind of a modern day offensive mind, go up against kind of the old school Steve Spagnuolo and what he wants to do. That, that's worth, worth the price of admission right there.
3: And Evan, you mentioned Kyle, and pressure is an interesting word because it's kind of nebulous. How do you measure it? But the Chiefs, if they don't win a Super Bowl, they've done so much. This is a big moment for Kyle. His personality and all the times you've covered him, what do you take from him?
7: I mean, he's got a swagger about him. He's got a confidence that that comes from having grown up in this league and been on the sidelines for Super Bowls when his dad's winning them with the Broncos and then being the young. I mean, he was Sean McVay before Sean McVay in a lot of ways when he was the youngest coordinator in the league and youngest position coach. And, yeah, specific to the pressure, I think it's the last thing on his resume that needs to be checked for him to enter that next group, if you will, It's the imaginary list or tier, but if Kyle Shanahan wins the Super Bowl, he's right there in terms of the best coaches currently, and then based off of age and what they're building, he could kind of make himself one of the best ever.
5: Evan, I could be wrong. You know, LeBron's always got his fan base, and then he's got some detractors. Even though Mahomes is a thorn in everybody's side in the league, I don't hear, and I could be wrong, too much negative about him. Tell us a little bit about his personality, his leadership, and why this dynasty combined with him and Andy Reid, uh, along with Kelsey, has been so great.
7: Yeah, it's, it's a good point. Good observation. I'm sure there's plenty of opposing fan bases in Baltimore would be one of them that aren't huge fans of him, but nobody is critical of him, the person or his personality or his style. And I think that comes from just how authentic he is. I mean, even his, his poking fun at his own physical physique after the AFC championship game is, is a great example of he kind of gets it. He knows that He's got all the gifts one could ever want, but he wants to still feel like a guy that people can know and, and understand. And he's real close with a lot of his family and friends from back in Texas. And and I think you saw that in the quarterback show on Netflix, that that was such a great window into a guy that we've kind of come to know. I mean, we've done, I know our crew, Ian and, and company did his first start when he became the full-time starter out in LA when they took on the chargers and just to kind of see his growth where He's become the face of the league, but his personality is kind of the same as the, as the young guy we met, whatever that was, three, four years ago.
3: And I'm sure Evan Washburn, of course, uh, NFL on CBS, going to be there for the Super Bowl. Can't wait. Six days now. I'm sure you've covered Andy Reid plenty. Kind of some little rumors that if he wins another one, maybe he'd step away. He feels like a lifer to me. What have you taken away from your interactions with Reid?
7: Look, at this age and this stage, I think it's fair to always sprinkle that in. I don't think there's been any real tangible reporting to that being a reality. And I don't know why he would outside of other things, maybe pulling him in different directions, because he, along with Brett Beach and and obviously Mahomes, have built something that's really sustainable here. And I think that's what's going to be the fun journey to go on as someone that covers this league or fans is to see how Mahomes manages the inevitable change that's going to happen around him. And what separates him from Brady outside of the Super Bowl rings right now is that Tom didn't have to do that without Belichick. And there's a reality that Mahomes, if he's going to play as long as I imagine he wants to and wants to rack up these numbers and hopefully these Super Bowls, he's probably going to have to do it without Andy Reid at some point. But it just doesn't feel like that's the case right now.
5: Evan, San Francisco wins if?
7: San Francisco wins if they can play the game on their terms offensively. The defense for San Francisco, while it's got a lot of the same names and, and they're high-end players, has just not played at the level of intensity and hasn't impacted games like they did for much of last year. They've had moments. But they're going to win this game if their offense is that train running downhill with Christian McCaffrey and they've got their motions and they've got this chiefs defense on their heels. Everything we expected Baltimore to do last week. If San Francisco can do that, then I think they win this game.
3: Okay. Evan, we'll have a great call. I know you're busy. So we appreciate a few minutes. Evan Washburn, NFL on CBS sideline reporter, Super Bowl 58 right there on CBS at Evan Washburn on Twitter. Thank you, Evan. You got it, guys. Thanks. Thank you. OK, thank you. That's the big guy. I, I like the question the you
5: asked him about uh, being nervous. You know, I'm glad you didn't say to him, hey, by the way, there's going to be about 105 million watching you. But, you know, that's a great question. The big guy.
3: He, he, I could just see it. We should pull up. We should pull up some of your old school tapes. Oh, from my sideline reporting. Oh, well, yeah, when it starts to get when, when it when it starts to get a little slow on the program, we can run the sideline
6: reports from the big guy. <laughs> my man was dialed in, eyes dilated, everything was popping. Hey, me and Evan were coworkers for one day. I was CBS Sports Networks uh, sideline reporter. Valdosta State hosting North Alabama, the biggest loss in Blazers history. I think they lost seventy-three to ten. The surprise would have been to me if it didn't involve Valdosta State. Uh, no, those are the only <laughs> people who accepted me ever in my life. That's why I love them. So,
3: have you guys ever got together about your divergent paths from that point?
6: No, because successful people like him don't hang out with me on the side. <laughs> can we stop <laughs> with the self-deprecation? We, had the we can put last it on week. the
3: sheet. It's Weddleson. So, what kind of mood will Fezzik be in? I think he's going to be jacked up today, all over the place. Steve Fezzik, professional handicapper. Next, Sharp Money.
1: This is VEASAN Super Week. Keep listening for analysis from some of the sharpest bettors in Vegas. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic Gymnastics,